your dad's in the hospital and you need to pay his bills. So you do some digging and find out where he banks. You need access to his accounts so you can make sure everything's taken care of. You get to the bank and they ask for your power of attorney. Now, chances are you're vaguely aware of the term, or maybe you have no idea what they're talking about. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and whether you've heard the term from the bank, a family member, or a friend, or have no idea what it's all about, this episode is for you. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Hi, and welcome to the show. I recently had a friend ask me specifically about the power of attorney. And I realized that even though we've referenced the POA paperwork several times on the show, we didn't have an episode dedicated to it. And the POA paperwork is really important. My first experience with the power of attorney paperwork was back in 2007. It was when my dad was in the hospital, maybe about a week before he died. I remember our uncle asked us if we had this paperwork. And as I look back now, it's interesting to me that my brother and I didn't hear anything about this from the countless doctors or hospital staff. And I'm so grateful that our uncle said something. Otherwise, it would have been really difficult to access our dad's accounts. So today, we're going to talk about what the POA is and when you'll need it. POA, or power of attorney, means that your loved one has authorized you to speak on their behalf to manage their financial affairs, and make medical decisions. It doesn't hold the same power as a guardianship and in some states actually loses its power after your loved one passes away. And we're going to have an upcoming episode on guardianships. There are many different types of POAs, but today we're going to talk about the two most common ones families use for their aging loved ones, the durable power of attorney and the medical power of attorney. The durable POA allows you to make decisions regarding the estate, finances, and any other legal matters when your loved one is unable to make these decisions. So, for example, you'll be able to access their finances in order to pay the bills. And just a heads up, some banks make this very difficult, and for good reason. So be prepared to submit your original POA. The medical POA, just like it sounds, allows you to make medical decisions when your loved one, again, is unable to. The forms and laws for the power of attorney can differ from state to state. We'll have a link in show notes where you can find your state and exactly what you need to do. Speaking of different states, some states like Washington prefer that the power of attorney live in the same state. That said, we have worked with families who have, for example, held the durable power of attorney and lived out of state, but were still able to handle finances from where they lived. A few other points about the POA. In most states, they're not legally binding until signed by a notary and a witness. Your loved one signs as well and must be of sound mind when they sign. 
Usually banks, hospitals, and skilled nursing facilities have notaries, and there are even traveling ones. The cost is minimal, usually under $50. These particular POAs that we're talking about don't go into effect, as we mentioned, until your loved one is unable to make decisions. This could be due to a disability, cognitive impairment such as Alzheimer's, or during surgery. And on a side note, of course, this becomes extremely important if your loved one has dementia or Alzheimer's. You really want to make sure you have these forms in place early. So when should you get a POA and who should be the POA? These are really great questions. And like myself and my brother, we didn't even know it was a thing. (laughs) So it's definitely ideal to have something in place earlier than later. Many families, as they start to come to terms with their loved one's decline, start conversations about aging with these documents. They're usually saying something like, we just want to make sure that you're taken care of if anything should happen to you. But it's sometimes easy for families to wait when both their parents are living because a spouse is automatically allowed to make these decisions without this paperwork. So some families might be thinking they don't really need to do anything while both parents are living. And if this is you, I would caution you to take a good look at that situation. Is your mom providing care for your dad? Does your dad have memory loss? What happens if your dad becomes too impaired to sign and then something happens to your mom? You can quickly find yourself in a position of needing to make these decisions and not having the paperwork in place. My brother and I got really lucky. There was a day when my dad was really doing great. He was alert and oriented, and he was able to sign the paperwork. So who did my dad pick? (laughs) Well, there are many things to consider when deciding who should be the POA. As we mentioned, the medical decisions can be really stressful. So choosing someone who may be a little less emotional during those times, that might be the better choice. Or the family member who is really good with money might make the best financial POA. But also take into account who has time to do it. Handling someone else's affairs when you have a full plate can be really tough. You can also have more than one person. For example, a first and a second. My dad chose both my brother and I to be power of attorney for durable and medical. But of course, some don't have a choice, like my son. (laughs) Sorry, Caleb, he's an only child. (laughs) So although we automatically think of children being the POA, I could choose anyone I want. Another family member like a niece, grandson, or even a friend. So, Caleb, you might be off the hook, but probably not. (laughs) Let's talk about who's going to need this paperwork. Well, lots of people. The doctor, hospital, skilled nursing, senior living community, adult family home, utility companies, and I don't know why, but Comcast is the worst, banks, realtors, in-home health care, the funeral home, and more. There are many things to consider when approaching this conversation, and 
as you can see, it can be a big job. The most important step is just starting. Of course, talking about these things can be really uncomfortable, but having these decisions made before you're caught in a stressful medical situation can make all the difference. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable. Make it doable.